Hey, Justin. What's up, Travis? I'm really sad. Why so sad? I don't think Lan listens to this show anymore. Well, he is a busy beaver. Just a bit outside. Hello. Welcome in. Week 19. Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. This is just a bit outside. I'm Travis Hagens, Justin Deering coming right in for this fantastic episode. World-renowned podcast, 10-team fantasy baseball. We bring you all the action right here in week 19. Winners, losers, trades, and trades upon trades. Justin, how are you as we record this evening? I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, <laughs> because the trade deadline's passed. Uh, my magic number is about 1.6 million. There's uh-huh. really nothing for me to do in this league until about February 14th when you ask me to help you clean up the spreadsheet. Um, but the commissioner said if I didn't take part in this episode, there would be a hefty fine coming to my team in the name of multiple prospects that are being stashed on other people's rosters. <laughs> so I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here to fulfill your duties, and one of those being the first pitch. We're ready for the opening pitch. Vaughn winds and fires. It's a strike and we're underway. All right, Travis, tonight's first pitch is a two-part story. The first part is one I meant to bring to you in April, but it slipped my <laughs> mind. Um, this story comes to you from Painesville, Ohio. A pet iguana was thrown at a restaurant manager by his angry by an angry customer, and that iguana will need surgery. He has a oh, no. broken leg. The man accused of throwing the iguana at the restaurant manager was arraigned Wednesday in April, so it's a while back. Uh, he was charged with resisting arrest, cruelty to animals, and a disorderly conduct. Um, he was held on ten thousand dollar bond. So that's the backstory. We have now, the man has been sentenced. If you're curious, um, the lizard's name is Squirt. And Squirt is being treated squirt? for a broken leg. Squirt. 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 Okay. Okay. So now fast forward, April, or I'm sorry, August 8, 2019, the 49-year-old man who threw his iguana at a, pe- at a restaurant manager who was upset over um, food, is what it says, was given 90 days in jail. 77 of those days have been suspended and he's given credit for the 13 days he served. So he's actually out of jail immediately and on probation for the next five years. Um, But he was ordered. This is the best part. He was ordered to pay restitutions to Lake Uh Human Society. According he had to pay $254 in restitution to Lake Humane Society for animal cruelty and he also obviously this is the most obvious sentence he had to complete drug alcohol and mental health evaluations over the next five years during his probation so Mm. based on this story travis my question for you today if you went to saltgrass steakhouse and ordered a medium rare steak and it came out well done what would be your animal of choice to throw at the server (laughs) platypus Duck Absolutely. build, right? Yes. I am throwing oh, yeah. a platypus as hard as I possibly can because they messed up my beef cow steak. 
I'm nope. probably throwing a uh, um, a hedgehog because they're pointy, or yeah, possibly throwing the big story. You weren't ready for that. I had my guard down for that. Absolutely. Well done. Uh, catching me off guard. Big story week 19. Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. The big story is the trade deadline has passed. Week 18 saw the 2019 trade deadline occur. And Justin, just a week ago, Chris Dockhill and myself here in just a bit outside both predicted minor moves at best as we approached the 2019 trade deadline and we saw the exact opposite happen this past week in Harry Dole fantasy baseball eight trades occurred from uh from Monday day 1 of week 18 through the very end of week 18 Sunday night Justin we're going to get into some of the specifics of these trades, but in general, just your, and I know you were involved, I was involved in different trades, but just kind of the overall, I guess, view uh, of just how many trades we had yet again as we approached the deadline. I just, uh, I really thought it was, it was, it was fun. First off, just, you know, it's been the, I guess, it, don't take this the wrong way, but this is the first time since year two that this time of the year was actually more of a sell time of the year as opposed to trying to make those moves to add those big players and possibly trading away prospects or younger players or things like that. So for me personally, this was a lot of fun because you know after that first trade early in the week, I really felt like I got nothing else really to, to send out, but yet, it, they, the calls kept the text kept coming and then i mean the last trade between me and zach went down at 9:42 so an hour and 17 minutes before the deadline and i had three other conversations in the next hour and 17 minutes about other players on my team um my wife was not happy cuz i was you know we're trying to get <laughs> go to bed cuz we had to work yeah <laughs> and i'm like uh she's like who are you texting i was like travis and she's like <laughs> tell travis that you're laying in the marriage bed. I don't know what that means. Does that mean I should have hung up the phone? Um, but uh, you know what? I had an eerily similar conversation. <laughs> but it was it was it was fun just because it seemed like just about every team was at least engaging in conversations and either missing on a trade or making a trade teams that needed to get better and pull some, get some team uh, get some players for them for this season for a playoff push I think they did that teams that are looking to build for the future I mean I'm I'm certainly excited about what the Tigers did knowing that there's no shot this year but really feeling like we're setting ourselves up for for big things in the near future, because I think we went out and got prospects that aren't far away. Um, but I think if you just look up and down this, um, this trade deadline, the first thing that jumps off of these names is uh, the, the winner for me, one of the winners for me, I definitely think would be Ebony and Ivory, um, you know, adding a few pieces that they, a closer that they needed going out and getting, a Josh Hader, a Char uh, Charlie Blackman, and a Whit Merrifield. That was a tough trade to make. Um, but when the other side coming back this way is Ronald Acuna Jr., that's tough not to make. 
So, I mean, I think trades were, e- I think there was, there weren't any like really lopsided trades out there, honestly. Um, I just feel like it was, it was just a fun week. Yeah, I, I concur. It was, it's a fun week. We have, we have eight teams uh, and this is still the case heading in the week 19, but it was for week 18 as well. We had eight teams still with a playoff um, shot and which I think that created this this atmosphere of what we've seen over the last couple of seasons in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. Our teams are willing to make the moves that they feel are going to make their team better. Now, a Los Tigres team, as you just pointed out, in a position that's different than it has been in the last few years, is finding them found themselves in a position to make themselves better beyond 2019. And it created what ended up being eight different trades uh, in, in deadline week and to create a lot of fun and a lot of conversation, a lot of baseball talk that just happened over the week. And the trade that started it all here in the trade deadline week is that Los Tigres, Ebony, and Ivory trade that included Ronald Acuna Jr., Noah Syndergaard, and Josh Hader, Charlie Blackman, and Whit Merrifield. And then of course, and there was the player. To, I guess technically, player to be named later, uh, Michael Chavis, um, is heading to Los Tigres. Correct. Correct. And that that is that is the newest Tigra. <laughs> but then Los Tigres immediately turning around and Noah Syndergaard being flipped to Aiken's Army for Kenta Madea and a player to be named later as well, minor leaguer that you'll have a choice of at season's end. and Nothing like flipping a rental. <laughs> and we can talk about these trades and specifics as you want, but as the week progressed, um, especially into Wednesday and Thursday, um, we saw a, yet another Ebony and Ivory move, this time with Blake censored by the commish. Uh, um Ebony and Ivory going out and getting Jack Flaherty that Blake has been dangling out there seemingly for weeks now. Probably doesn't, probably not that long, but it seems that way. Um, another minor trade, I guess you could you could call it from Ebony and Ivory, uh, shipping Dallas Keuchel in for a utility player and Eric Sogard. Then Beards of Glory and six shooters got together as as essentially Beards of Glory. If, if there is a definition of a team that is all in, it is Beards of Glory. Giving up top prospect players, as they have before trade deadline week, this this week, and Taylor Trammell heading over uh, to the six shooters and dumping some salaries to get, well, more pitching, right? Or uh, to get really rid of the, the contracts and those kinds of things. And then moving into... Uh, Thursday and into the weekend, six shooters and armies got to uh, an army got together. Josh Donaldson, Kyle Hendricks to reinforce uh, the the army staff as they head into the playoffs. Alec Baum and a player to be named later there. And then Sunday ended things with you and Ebony and Ivory once again. Hector Neris, Michael Pineda, and a player to be named later. That's a lot of names, Justin, and a lot of things have changed over the week. And you mentioned Ebby and Ivory being a big winner in this week. Uh, let's look at the flip side. Who lost in all these trades? Uh, go like Just looking at the immediate impact, I think um, I love the guy, but I'm not sure that 
you know, Jack Flaherty, I, I have, I've made a play for Jack Flaherty early in the season. I just don't understand the move for Jack Flaherty to send him off knowing that he was at 1.5 next year. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I really don't feel like there was a huge loser. I don't, and I don't think Blake was a loser there because I, he picked up some other prospects that he liked and immediately Zach Gallon's plugged in. And, you know, as, as we talked about, Blake is in the playoff mix still. It's going to take a lot of work on both sides for it to happen. But I don't I, – no single team jumps off of this. But if I'm going to say there is a loser in the trade deadline, I am shocked that Van Buren boys did not make a move because they are teetering right there with the Bolding Beavers. Both of those teams, I assumed, would have made some sort of move to maybe solidify that sixth or fifth spot wherever they want to fall because, it, I mean, games this week – Depending on outcomes of games this week, six and seven could flip. Then depending on games of outco- uh, outcome this week and next week, Beards of Glory could drop or rise up. It's it's so tight from three to six that I assumed, I mean, I assumed it just about every team. And I don't know if Van Buren boys and Bol- I know Bolding Beavers were calling on people. I don't know if it just didn't happen for them. I don't know about Van Buren boys, um, but those two teams, I'm surprised, weren't in the mix and making moves to get better to have a playoff run now. Yeah, you you answered uh, the question the way I would have with those two teams. But in particular, and we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago as we were heading into trade deadline week, uh, the Van Buren boys, uh, I, I think not making a move makes them the biggest losers of the trade deadline week. And there's a couple of reasons why. And it's not just because I don't like the Van Buren boys. That's not the issue. The Van Buren boys have $38 in cap space available. And they have some of the most highly touted prospects in their 10-man farm system and some of the most controllable players on their 25-man roster, which to me, Justin, is the perfect storm. It is the great formula for a team that wants to make the playoffs and do damage in the playoffs, and I don't know, go get a bobblehead to use all three of those aspects and go get players that are going to help you right now, especially when there is an owner like Los Tigris or an owner in six shooters or maybe even enticing a Blake and censored by the commission for some of those other pieces that are going to help you right now. Didn't happen, and that. That, that could be said to a lesser degree when it comes to the money side for Bolding Beavers, but those two teams not participating in a, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and hey, let's throw in Royal Ruckus there. They have way less money than those two teams, but there was no moves made to make their team better, and those three teams are teetering on playoff position, and possibly one or maybe even two of those teams are going to find themselves on the outside of the playoff picture. Yeah, and I not to disclose conversations, I will tell you Lan was trying to make moves. There was multiple conversations and, that me and Lan had over the last two days. And, I mean, in the position I was in, yes, I was unloading players, but you knew from conversations we had, I wasn't unloading certain players. There was no need to unload, unload certain players because certain players, based on their position category or based on their contract and controllability – 
it was an it was an absolute loss no matter what came back. So the asking price for some of the players that that land land was interest were interested in was a little high for him, and it was shockingly you know it's crazy that the respectability or the respectable conversation that was had there it wasn't like dude you're a douche that's too much to ask for it was like okay too rich cool and he moved on to somebody else. Um, let let me ask but, you. Okay. Um, well. So that's a really good point in this sense that, one, I don't know every conversation those owners have had. They probably had conversations, and they probably deemed some of the asking prices were high, which leads me to this question, Justin, which is clear. And we've talked about this in just a bit outside. The value of prospects that are essentially um, unproven baseball players that have a, an incredibly high value on them, those value continue to rise, do they not? And is that prospect value, um, you know, every owner is going to, I guess, value that differently. But using those prospects for situations like, I don't know, right now, to me, seems like a good baseball move. How do you how do you kind of view the prospect thing, the value of them? I think it depends on the situation you're in. For me, the situation was, I mean. Outside of Blackman and Merrifield, most of my moves were expiring. So most of my moves weren't going to be around next year. And if I could get, I mean, a top 30 prospects for uh, expiring contracts here and there, in my situation, prospects are gold because next year come time for free agency and when people may not hit on free agency, and may, there's there there are teams in this league that come out of free agency and already think, I'm out of it this year because I didn't hit. Well, guess what? I've got a stable full of horses, and next year it's going to be a great time to trade these horses to get big names back to my team and be right back in the mix next year. On the flip side, a team that's looking on the edge of the playoffs or looking just out of the playoffs trying to get into the playoffs, if there are prospects not named Vlad Guerrero Jr. on your team, and possibly Casey Mize, if that's how you say his name, anything outside of that, I think they're free game. I think that you throw it out there and I mean, you throw it out there and see what can come back. You throw it out and see, you know, some of these, there's people out there that have regrettable contracts and, you know, the new trend in our league is, Hey, we'll just cover the cost of this year. So, I mean, Zach, if you look at, I think Zach has $30 of my money on his team right now. I think that's, I think we had a conversation about that the other day, Travis, that the spreadsheet was so jacked because half my salary cap was over on Zach's team Mm -hmm. because of Chris sale and the other ones. But, um, it depends on the situation you're in. If you're on the edge looking in, man, those guys in your pro those prospects have not proved a thing. They have not gone up and hit. I mean, Austin Riley six weeks ago was a hot prospect and has done nothing since that trade. Not saying it's a regrettable trade, but that's exa- I mean, has done nothing at the major league level since that trade, and that's just that's what they are. They are hit or miss. And yes, one one or two or five or ten of these that are on rosters. Hopefully, all of them on mine are going to hit. But those ten to however many prospects right now are not going to be Tigres all next year because those are perfect bait in this league that values prospects the way yeah. we do to go get big names that. You know, I don't know that I'm going to throw out three prospects and be able to get Max Scherzer back, but there's quality talent to be bought with prospects in this league. You just have to engage and have the conversations. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make there, engaging and making those conversations and, and being available for those conversations and the value of prospects as well. And you made this point as well, but, you know, they're going to fluctuate from owner to owner, depending on whatever, you know, whatever we're reading, whatever we have access to, but also the situation of our teams, you know. I think it's fairly easy for a team that's out of it to make that decision. You know what? Let me go get all the talent I can for future years. But you, you look at Beards of Glory and Army on the exact opposite end, fighting for playoff and using prospects for what they, at least from, you know, I can speak for me and I think Colby would agree with this. They, for us, they became, they became you know, uh, money. Right. Currency. Yeah, that's currency that we could use to improve the team for for the playoff push right now. And so all that fits into it and which makes those conversations even more fun because you have to kind of, you know, as you and I both know, and every owner in the league does, those conversations reveal how I value X player, X prospect and how you value them. And we have to come to an agreement about those values it's not just dollar for dollar and all these things. And that that's an incredibly fun aspect to the to the entire league. Well, one thing before we move on, I do want to say I think, you know, the way you value prospects versus the way I value prospects versus the way you value a bobblehead versus the way you value winning a game this week, it's all it's all interchangeable. And we look at these, I mean, we put these rankings out there. Um, cause you know, and I update them as they come in just cause I've, that's one thing I really do enjoy about this league is I know a lot of baseball players that no one knows anything yeah. about just because I read the athletic or I read pipeline or I go over and read baseball prospectus or whatever else there is. But I mean, there's rankings out there that are geared towards fantasy. There's rankings out there that are just geared towards overall baseball player. And that's what, we, that's where we kind of get in the weeds on pipeline because pipeline's not looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, but you go over to another website that's looking at it from a fantasy standpoint and the rankings are completely different, but a minor league system based on the fact that we, every conversation I had that involved a prospect this week was He's the 14th ranked prospect on pipeline. He's the 17th ranked prospect on athletic. But if you jump over at perspective, he's the fourth ranked prospect. Yeah. Uh, you ditched your entire minor league system this year uh-huh. at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And you built the third strongest minor league just by picking people up. Yeah. This has not been a, you've gone and traded and, and traded off talent and brought back prospects. So, Prospects are always there and always changing. In two more weeks, there will be another list of prospects out, and it'll look completely different than this one because people will graduate out of the prospects. So, yes, sitting in – I mean, I've, I said it last time we were on. Beavers, man, they sat on Shane Bieber. They sat on uh, Giolito, and that has turned out very well for him. And, you know, I, that's a homegrown player. You've got homegrown players that's come up through you through your system. I mean, everybody's got one or two that they've held on to that's made their way through. I used to. Yeah, you send them to <laughs> the beard. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but the prospect, the building a strong minor league system is not hard. It's a fluctuating we, currency. Yes, yeah, it's a right. fluctuating currency, yeah. and the time to snap is when those guys are ranked. You know, if if trade deadline was open right now and I was contending, I could tell you Mackenzie Gore would be available. I could tell you uh, anybody that's yep. listed on my team would be available because 
just look at uh, Mark Apple or Apple or however you say his name was five years ago was one of the top yeah. prospects and we all fought for him in that minor league draft. And what's he doing now? And how many times did that man get traded three or four times in this league? And he is dead. I mean, not physically, but <laughs> his own beards of he, glory. He is basically he's been traded three or four times when he was hot to get big players back. But now it doesn't matter because he's not a baseball player. Anymore. All right, let me ask one last question to wrap up uh, trade talk, trade deadline 2019. Um, out of out of week 18, the trade deadline week, players that were traded this last week, Justin, give me the one player that has changed teams in the trade deadline that's going to have the greatest impact on their new team down the stretch here down the stretch for this season yeah the, the player that was traded at the deadline who's going to have the greatest impact for their new team um i think for and this is just a personal thing of watching charlie blackman start to click again because he was down at the beginning of the year then clicked hardcore then got hurt and he's starting to put together weeks mm. i think that 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 move right there even though you, I mean, even though Zach traded away Ronald Acuna Jr., who is, you know, a generational player in a lot of people's minds, for the run now, for the bobblehead now, that took Zach to the next level, in my opinion. Charlie Blackman. I love Charlie Blackman. Former. I said that because Ronald. I know you love, you love him so much. Yeah. You know, uh, a particular owner in our league is going to get it is going to give me crap every time there's a text message exchange about this, but uh, I, I'm going to go Noah Syndergaard, especially with the with a Mets team that is playing as well as they are at this point in the season that they are, and Noah Syndergaard being one of those you know those horses, one of the aces in that starting rotation. I, I think Noah Syndergaard um, he could have a he could have a incredibly positive impact on a on a Aikens army pitching staff that could use a little more stability. So what does he have to do over these next 5 weeks to earn himself a $16 contract next Look, year? And, okay, let's look, I don't know what the I don't know what the exact scenario is for Syndergaard to get a $16 extension, but it is not as far-fetched as one particular owner wants to wants me or anyone else to believe that it is, especially when you look at Aiken's Army's 2020 cap space and roster makeup at that point. Um, Syndergaard... And when you look at the free agents that are coming out, it's not a huge class of pitchers. Yeah. Therefore, I mean... If if you add a $16 Syndergaard to a $5 Granky in 2020, that's essentially two pitchers at $10, $10.5 each. And what if you had any, a $24 Mookie bets? Well, again, you have to look at the overall cap space and, and I'm not saying I've fully decided on that, but um, this is where going back to your point, uh, Aiken's army. I can, I dropped nine of my 10 minor leaguers before the draft this spring, less last spring and completely revamped. Uh, those are movable pieces. That's currency that is going to help me, make a push in the playoffs and uh, give, I'll give up whoever I have to for a player. I think is going to have a big impact. And I appreciate you giving up another player. That's going to have a huge impact. A player, once I make, a player my, to be named once I make my, once I make my decision and, and you do have choices, correct? 
I do have all the choices. So uh, it is uh, there for you. Week 19 trade deadline. I guess that was our trade deadline special, Justin. I think we just spent almost a half hour talking trades. Yeah, we should just go into a quick recap of what happened last week and look ahead. We don't even need to talk about the games. The games last week were boring. It was the trade deadline that was fun. (laughs) Week 19 did see some winners and losers and the playoff picture continuing to crystallize as we approach the 2019 playoffs. Aiken's Army defeated Bolding Beavers. Six shooters lose yet again. I'm not sure... I honestly cannot remember the last time they won. Beards of Glory trounced the six shooters in week 19. Ebony and it was I- eight weeks ago. Oh, thank you. Ebony and Ivory coming out strong, defeating Van Buren boys. Los Tigris, a very close one, and it became very close, especially on Saturday, I noticed. Wichita White Wolves, though, defeating Los Tigris. And finally, Royal Ruckus, the highest scoring team of week 19, just defeating and, uh, I guess, in style, censored by the commish there in week 19. Justin, where do you want to talk about? What do, what games do you want to point out as we review the week 19 that was? Um, I would like to point out that it doesn't matter how crappy my team is. Whenever we play the Wolves, it's always a good game. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, I think Chris texted me on Wednesday and just said, Per the usual, this is going to come down to Sunday, and it did. Uh, it came down to starts. They had eight versus five. My, t- uh, it just that that game. I don't expect really to win many games the rest of the season. I'm cool with that. Um, as long as I win the last two, that's all that matters because that's the consolation bracket that gets me the number one pick. Um, but I was impressed with like. Luke's game versus Blake was pretty close on Saturday as well. I don't know if you clicked through that one at all, yeah. but it was it was pretty close on Saturday. But then on Sunday, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't close anymore. I no. mean, it got <laughs> and this and this was the game I was going to point out to you. At least the one that kind of stood out to me was just how, especially as the weekend turned, and we've talked about this in our fantasy sport. Um, there, there seems to be in a lot of ways, two games, the weekday and the weekend. And as the weekend turned in this game in particular, Luke's offense just went stupid. And Jorge Soler with 56 and a half points to go along. I mean, these numbers are ridiculous, Justin, because Jorge Soler uh, joined Hunter Dozier with 44 and a half point. Chris Bassett on the pitching side had 30. Let's not forget Mike Trout with 29, who wasn't even in the top five of top scores for Royal Ruckus because Alex Bregman had 37. Jose Altuve had thir- uh, 31. Carlos Sot- Santana with uh, 28 points. Denilson Lamette with 35 and a half points. And it it seemingly goes on and on as you look up and down this Royal Ruckus roster. The weekend just became an explosive point gathering big weekend for a team that is looking to secure um, itself into the playoffs. 173 points <laughs> on Saturday and yeah, Sunday. And I mean, Blake even said, you know, this one's close. This could be interesting. He goes, I'm going to be a little frustrated if I traded away all these people and end up winning a game here. He goes, and then yesterday just said, but then Luke scored a hundred points. 
but another one that stuck out to me is just the continual, and I don't want to people in the, people in the, around the league get butt hurt when you talk bad about their team. But uh, there's just been a now we're on a four week slide for the Van Buren boys. Um, the text message has gotten a little quiet from the talk, the trash mm. talk that we're used to from Dustin and Phil, oh, or more more Dustin than Phil. I'll be honest, but when they were at the top. There was a lot of trash talking going on and a lot of thanking people for certain trade moves, but a four-week slide on the edge of falling out of the playoffs, and I think you have a cricket sound. I'm trying to get you to play it. There it is. It's been quiet. It's been quiet. So that game, you know, uh, at 213 total points, that's a bad, bad week. Um, I'm sure my team's had that week once or twice this year, but um, the pitching staff putting up 89, offense only putting up 124, and just no one went negative. It's just no one went big. Um, but yet over on the other side, 56 points from the newest Tigra, Ronald Acuna Jr. Acuna, um, and just Zach even though he took a huge piece of his offense out this week with that trade, added two or three pieces into this offense, and it just seems like he is building steam at the right time to close hot. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that Van Buren boys, Bolding Beavers, Beards of Glory fight for those last two spots goes over the next couple weeks. Standings, playoff picture crystallizing here with three weeks to go in the 2019 campaign. Sitting atop Harry Duel Fantasy Baseball is the eight-game win streak of Aiken's Army, 14-5. and five. Wichita White Wolves sits atop the Pedro Serrano division and a four-game win streak. We'll talk about those team, two teams in the Week 20 matchup here in just a few moments, 13-6. and six. Third place, fourth place, and fifth place. And remember, our playoff seating has changed here in 2019. After the divisional top dogs, it becomes a total record uh, playoff seating system. And so this is a very important conversation to talk about who's getting in and who's out because Ebony and Ivory, Royal Ruckus, and Beards of Glory are now in third, fourth, and fifth place with an 11 and 8 record. And by points, it's Ebony and Ivory, Royal Ruckus, and Beards of Glory there in fifth place. The sixth and final playoff spot currently belongs to those Van Buren boys, a game over 500 at 10 and 9, but currently in a four game losing streak. The two teams looking in is censored by the Commish and Bolding Beavers, 9 and 10, Bolding Beavers, 7 and 12 censored by the commish both teams mathematically still involved here but justin as we look at this playoff picture uh, do you any surprises here or anything that um you kind of ex- expect a surprise to come out of here in the last three weeks I I fully expect that the Bolding Beavers will make a jump and make the playoffs. It just seems to be the mo of that team. As every, especially the last couple of years, it's kind of been like underperforming. What's he doing with his pitching staff? So he goes out and builds a hell of a pitching staff this year. And they're like, "What are you doing with your offense?" And then he goes and adds Christian Yelich. Uh, it's just like. Um, you know, there's still some holes in that offense that we've talked about a couple times, and he still loves Scott Kingery for some reason. <laughs> but I, fu- I fully expect it's okay. He's not listening. That we Go will- ahead. 
yeah, so I fully expect that we will see the Bolding Beavers do as they usually do and return to the playoffs, probably in that sixth seed. And Bolding, I don't know if... Uh, I was just going to say ahead. Bolding Beavers, uh, week 20, facing off against the Six Shooters, week 21 against Los Tigres, and they'll wrap up the season with Ebony and Ivory. So when you just look at strength of schedule or you know you know records against the teams he's playing, it's a favorable schedule in these last three weeks. And then the Van Buren boys going up against uh, you know the Tigers this week, Wichita White Wolves to close the season, and then in week twenty one going against Beards of Glory. That game right there could be completely like a season ender for one of those teams next week. That's going to be a heck of a game to keep an eye on. Um, So I think that that three-way race right there, if I were to put money down on it right now, our playoff standings at the end of the year would be army wolves, ebony and ivory ruckus beards of glory. I'm sorry, bolding beavers beards of glory with the Van Buren boys sitting on the outside looking in. Wow. Wow. I went at it. I went yeah, in. You did. That's a that's a bold prediction right there. Now, um, it's a bolding prediction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as the playoff picture is now coming into a clear focus here, um, let's talk about the two teams that are on the outside looking into the picture as we as we begin the week 20 games. Now, censored by the commish at 7 and 12, Bolding Beavers at 9 and 10 are looking are on the outside looking in here. Now, both these teams are mathematically still in this playoff hunt. Censored by the commish cannot lose another game this season. If they lose week 20, they're out. Now, they're also going to need Van Buren boys and Bolding Beavers to both lose for their mathematical hopes to stay alive in week 21. If both Van Buren boys and Bolding Beavers win with a censor by the commission loss in week 20, it's over. We'll have three teams eliminated from the playoff picture. The Bolding Beavers obviously have a little more wiggle room and they're looking to bounce back from a two game skid to get back into that hunt hoping the Van Buren boys continue their skidding ways and kind of jumping them with a victory and a loss from Van Buren boys in week 20, which is very possible with the way the schedule is shaping up here. So, Justin, you've predicted that we're going to have Bolding Beavers in fifth place followed by Beards of Glory in sixth place. So, censored by the commish, in your opinion, they're just too... Too they're, too much of a long shot. Yeah, they're, they're and I don't think it's going to make Blake upset to say this, but <laughs> this next week we will be hearing a Hunger Games, a Hunger Games signal that, and we'll we'll celebrate the funeral and the life of uh, this year's uh, censored by the commish. Quick question for you: If you this is completely off shot, as I was looking for something <laughs> to talk about here. Yes, if you're the ahead. Van Buren, no, but for real, if you're the Van Buren boys, do you contemplate p- calling up Bo Bichette for this this playoff run? Well, you know that that's a good question. Um, and I, let me pull up because I don't know if you know this or not. The Rangers just got beat nineteen to four. Yeah, and Bo Bichette night. tonight 
Yeah, he he had 12 points tonight. He's averaging just over four points a game. I mean, I know it burns a year. It's late in the year, but he's one of the like hottest well, players in baseball right now. He, he is. And if you're going to plug him in at shortstop, I mean, Palancio's, Palancio Blanco's having a great year, but you could drop him right there into that utility spot where I've never even heard of that man, Mike Touchman. I don't know. It's I mean, that's just something. Well, that, it's just one of those things. We. If it's worth burning a year, who did we who did we have it? this conversation with with the Wolves last year, or was it two years ago? Was Bellinger. It, yeah, it was Bellinger. You know, yeah, you, you kind of have you know, and this is for Phil and Dustin to decide, but it you kind of have to ask yourself: Is is Bo Bichette, Can he continue this for six more weeks? Right. And if you think he can, you can't make any more trades. There's no more ways to upgrade outside of the waiver wire. Is Bo Bichette kind of the shot in the arm, so to speak, for your ball club here in the stretch when you still are not secured? You There's only two teams that have secured playoff spots, regardless of positioning. Aiken's Army, Wichita White Wolves, they're in. They can lose out, and they're going to be in the playoffs in 2019. Van Buren boys are not in that spot. And as you just pointed out, Bo Bichette, he's on fire his first two weeks, week and a half of Major League Baseball. And he proved it once again tonight, just how good young player he is. Um, that's that's a tough question. Um, I, I mean, we've talked about this, and I think everyone knows my two cents on I I say burn the eligibility for a player that can contribute to your potential you know, playoff run. That That's me though. I agree. And, uh, sorry that I threw that off, but that was just, I didn't realize he had, I mean, I, I saw the, the pop-up for our rain, the Ranger game tonight and I looked at it and he had a heck of a game. So I just went and clicked on it. I didn't realize he had been just that good. I mean, he has, I mean, through 10 games, 12 games, 26 hit 12, uh, 11 singles, 11 doubles, four bombs, yep. I mean, the, the dude looks good. I mean, if he's if he can keep it up, it's that's definitely a question that I would be – a conversation I'd be having in the owner's room of that one since there's more than one person and it's actually a conversation and you're just not talking to yourself. Yeah. Because there's two owners to that oh, team. I, I see what you're saying. Good job. Um, cool. And to wrap up kind of playoff picture, um, Justin, do you remember – I, I cannot recall just a recent memory, a season where we had, I mean, three through eight and, and really three through seven, um, more realistically, are so bunched up and close together that any one of those teams could be in and could be out in three weeks. There's just no, it could go either way. Yeah, it's, it's a, like, it's tight. It is very, yeah, I think I think we're going to see a lot of movement. I think every week, every Sunday night or Monday night that we record on, we're going to see that this is a constantly changing uh, standings. But if you look at week 20 of last year, the standings were Wolves, Beavers, Ruckus, Smoke, Beards of Glory, and Aiken's Army. No, that wasn't. That was way off. Never mind. I thought I was. I thought I could click through something here, but I can't. So never mind. I was gonna have a great point because I think it changed a little bit last year. Um, towards the end, we had a little bit of shifting, 
but when you go by period, it just goes wins and losses. So the five teams that won are in first through fifth. So disregard me trying to be creative there. I think that's stupid. Um, I think we will. Thank you. I think we will definitely see some shifting. Um, and it is tight. I mean, third through through six, one game between them all. The points. This is where the points will yes, come into yep. play. Yep. There will be teams that have identical records in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is, when we hit those playoffs. And that's the point in time where you may see if the – I mean, if Bolding Beavers gets in, but they have a – Van Buren boys and Bolding Beavers end dead tied for record, Van Buren boys is out because of points. Or you could see, you know, it's – I think that what we see now is going to look very different once this thing ends. Yeah, it's it's coming together, um, and, and it's looking it's it's looking like it's just going to be a heck of a ride. These these final three weeks of 2019 will be it'll just be fun baseball to pay attention to here in Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. Um, Bolding Beavers censored by the commission. They need to win, and they also need to kind of hope on some losses from some other guys. But Ebony and Ivory, Royal Ruggis, Beards of Glory, and the Van Buren boys, if they can get into some W's here in these final three weeks, uh, they kind of control their own destinies, so to speak. And as we look ahead to week 20, Justin, as that playoff picture is going to get clearer and clearer as we approach the playoffs, we have some incredibly interesting games when it comes to the playoffs and getting in and just to fun baseball. And um, let's start with, which I'm just going to, I know it's my team and I'm not allowed to say it, but it is the game of the week. The two divisional leading teams are squaring off against each other in week 20. Wichita White Wolves are visiting Aiken's Army. Eight game winning streak taking on a four game winning streak. Justin, when we look at the week 20 game um, of Wolves Army, what stands out to you about a matchup that we have right here? Well, it's 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 even. I mean, starts seven apiece. So no one's stacking starts. Innings are re- relatively close for the hitting innings. Um, you know, we're already through the first day of baseball for the most part, a couple games are still going here at nine 30 central time. And it's a two point game, two and a half point game. Um, I think that like, like this is a, this is a playoff preview. We could see this late in the playoffs. Um, but I just, this one will be a slug fest and it'll come down to Sunday because you know, there, like I said, there's not an imbalance in starts. There's not an imbalance in games. The games are there. Um, you know, so it, this will just be who's hot, who's not type of thing. And, um, I mean, you just, it, it's going to be a fun one to watch the game. I want to see this week is I want to see what those new ebony and ivory mm-hmm. players do. I want to see, um, how bolding beavers does against six shooters because that game, uh, like that game's huge for playoffs for them, but also, uh, Beards of Glory made a couple moves to try to add some players over the last seven days. They're taking on Blake, so Blake's taking on a lot of his former players. Um, just, I mean, there's every game, there's no real Facebook game of the week this Agreed. week. Every game has playoff implications in it. The Los Tigres, we're so far out of it, we can't even see the playoffs, but if we win this week, we could play spoiler. Uh, Six shooters, if he scores a point this week, he currently has zero. Um, 
and and it, he could play spoiler for for uh, for the Bolding Beavers censored by the Commish still trying to make the playoffs has to win uh, Beards of Glory trying to see what that new I mean every game down the list has playoff implications and that's the way we want it because at least it gives us something to talk about on this <laughs> podcast that everybody except for Land listens to week 20 2019 playoffs right around the corner man every I, justin said it best every game matters if army can win they've clinched the rick vaughn division if censored by the commission loses they're out of it and essentially beer bolding beavers um it's gonna be very close to that it, every game every game here we go we are in the home stretch this is just a bit outside. For Justin Deering, I'm Travis Akins. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody. Man, that trade deadline got me back into baseball cards. You want to start talking trades on some of these cards I just bought? Chew gum. 29-year-old gum. Yeah.